Welcome to MBA Podcaster, the only broadcast source for cutting-edge information and advice on the MBA application process. I'm Catherine Girardeau. On today's show, a topic of great interest in any economy, salaries for MBA grads, specifically those in the traditionally highly paid sectors of finance. It's a given that the finance industry is not the easiest place to find a job at the moment. For this story, we're investigating what kinds of salaries those few MBA grads lucky enough to land a job in investment banking or private equity can command. How is the recession affecting MBA grads' salaries in these areas? This is MBA Podcaster. Stay tuned to the rest of the program after a brief word from our sponsor. Support for MBA Podcaster comes from Kaplan Test Prep and Admissions, who wants to share some number crunching with you. Based on data available in the current U.S. News & World Report, America's Best Graduate Schools issue, scoring 10 additional points on the GMAT could be an additional $5,000 added on to your starting salary after you graduate. The payoff for investing in a higher GMAT score just got a lot more interesting. And with Kaplan's higher score guarantee, you won't be able to find a safer bet for your money. Whether it's in class, at home, online, or even on the road, Kaplan gives you the most personalized GMAT prep with the unmatched expertise that will help you score higher on test day, guaranteed or your money back. And MBA podcaster listeners save 10% on every one of Kaplan's GMAT comprehensive options. Just use code MBAPOD10 at captest.com slash podcaster or when you call 1-800-CAP-TEST. Since early 2009, investment banking salaries and bonuses have been threatened by the TARP, Troubled Assets Relief Program. But career advisors are generally telling people that TARP doesn't affect every firm. Many investment banks will keep paying bonuses. The word on the street is to wait it out. Times will improve. Let's get some background. Starting salaries for MBA grads in first-year associate investment banking positions, after bonus, range from $80,000 to $150,000 a year, according to careersinfinance.com. The site says the bonus part of that, typically, is 10 to 50% of salary, moving from one to three times salary over time. Career experts are forecasting salary ranges over the next two-year period to trend up for those first-year associate jobs, ranging from 150 to 250K, with a typical all-in compensation to be 170K. As for current figures, careersinfinance.com said that in 2008, a first-year associate at a boutique firm brought in a $120,000 base salary with a $70,000 bonus, making their all-in compensation $190,000. Across the investment banking sector, all-in salaries plus bonuses are down about 40 to 80 percent from their 2007 peak. Bulge firm salaries tend to run 20 to 40 percent higher than boutiques and regional firms, said careersinfinance.com, though be aware that there are exceptions to that rule. Let's talk first to our experts about private equity. I started with Brian Korb, a partner at Glowcap Search. Glowcap Search is a recruiting firm focused mainly on alternative assets. Korb heads up Glowcap's private equity practice. Glowcap recently published the 2009 Private Equity Compensation Report, which provides data on base salaries and bonuses paid to professionals at later-stage private equity firms, early-stage venture capital firms, and private equity funds. 
Because Glowcap Search is a recruiting firm, it gathers its compensation information from current offers going out, not just historical data. It gathers salary information from companies who use its services, as well as candidates on what they're offered, are making now, or are projecting to make in the future. So where is compensation going? Until this year, according to Corb, it had been a very hot market. But once the market's growth slowed down, compensation's growth slowed too. So compensation growth in private equity, anyway, is flat. Funds ask themselves really a couple questions. Do we cut comp for everybody because we can or because things are quieter? Do we get rid of people and keep comp strong for certain people? Or do we keep a lot of people, but then show a larger discrepancy in bonuses or how we pay people versus the top performers versus the medium performers. So on the aggregate comp at, on the product equity side, it appears flat. What's newer to the equation, though, is to the degree of variance between, you know, really strong performers and people that are doing well, but, you know, haven't sort of outperformed. But compensation hasn't necessarily shrunk either. Mareza Larazade is the founder of Doostang, a website that connects ambitious young professionals with jobs. Larizade detailed offers going out for first-year associate positions in private equity. It really depends on the fund size, how much assets they have on the management and, and the size of the team. So they, basically, you know, you'd expect a base of, I'd say, 150 to 200 with a bonus of probably 200. Brian Korb, partner at Glowcap Search, detailed the mechanisms that are keeping salaries flat. Each year of experience would come usually with some sort predictable bump, and those bumps have gotten smaller. The other thing happening is salaries are increasing more slowly, Corb said. Your salary trajectory might take longer to climb. They're still open to having the larger jumps be when you get a title promotion, but within your same title, there's definitely less sort of advancement from a year-to-year basis. Contrary to what you may think, Corb said salaries don't necessarily vary by region of the country. What drives compensation is, is the type of caliber and slash pedigree of candidate you're going after and what you can afford to pay. So if you're a multi-billion dollar fund in New York and you want the best candidate, you know, with the top pedigree from the top schools and the top investment banks and the top performer and all that, you're going to pay a high, high premium. However, if you are a multi-billion dollar fund and you're in a small market, and you want that same top person and that same, with the same caliber and pedigree and everything else, then you're going to have to pay practically the same, if not the same, to get that person. So how does an MBA grad land a job in private equity in this economy? Corb said his clients have always strongly preferred, if not required, a candidate to have private equity experience before business school. But Corb advises this year's MBA grads, even those who have that previous experience, that getting that job is not going to be easy. There's a lot of people, even with experience, who aren't able to break in. Don't rest on the fact that you've done private equity. Still be out of the box. Still be trying to differentiate yourself. Still try to add value. Still offer to sort of do some, some project work where you can kind of get tested out and show that you're going to be, you know, you, you think like a, a strong investor. So that might be the difference in the advice. Like, it used to kind of be like, oh, if you already have private equity experience, you're going to get plenty of interviews and, and, and land somewhere. And I think our messaging has changed saying, hey, there are a lot of smart people who didn't, you know, really, you know, get opportunities. So 
looking back, it would have been in their interest to differentiate themselves further. We asked Vault.com finance editor Derek Loosevelt how he would advise soon-to-be MBAs on their job search. Banks are still hiring. Right now, the M&A market is increasing. So that's a good time for both those areas. Nothing's different than in the past. Getting a summer internship, um, if you want to go the investment banking route, is probably going to be even more important than it has in the past. It's been important in the past few years, but I think it's even even more important now. And I just wouldn't lose hope. I mean, I think I think there are offers to be had, and, and I think it's not going to get worse. But the one thing that might happen, which I've heard from some folks, is that companies may tend to, it's all depending on how the market goes, folks may be more conservative in their hiring because there's so many people out there that they could pick up so many lateral hires. So it's it's possible that MBA hiring will get even more competitive in the next year or two because there's so many lateral folks out there that were laid off in the big round. Successful candidates will have to be able to prove in concrete terms that they can add value to a fund. Brian Korb. Generally, you get a higher compensation in private equity if you can perform and be a great investor and create value or add value to an organization. I asked Korb how much his clients value where a candidate earned their MBA. I think what, what the, the bigger premium is put on is you know, the network you develop at school. If you go to a top five, 10 school, the value is going to be, I think some firms that, you know, at the very senior ranks know that over time you'll be able to harvest and harness that network. But you have to show that that's what you got out of it. So it's not just like, hey, you have this degree and therefore you command a higher salary because, oh, that instantly means you're going to add value and the vice versa. And if you don't have this degree, that doesn't immediately mean, oh, you won't add as much value. Someone can be naturally networked and already a three-dimensional thinker and not need the MBA and could add all that value. For other people, that's where they sort of fill in the gaps at business school. Ultimately, it's a merit-based business, so you have to be good and adding value, and if you're good, that's what's going to drive your compensation more than anything else. In case you have what it takes to actually land a private equity job, you still need to clearly assess your career goals, Corb said. I think within private equity, if someone was deciding between, you know, sometimes a large fund that pays a lot versus a medium-sized fund that pays less, that's when there, there would be a little bit more of a risk-return trade-off because you can go to a larger fund and get paid a lot of cash sooner, but then the risk can be, well, you know, how long will it take you to be a, a very senior person at this firm? Your, your trajectory could be a lot longer. Your learning experience could be watered down a little bit. As opposed to if you go to a, a, a medium-sized firm, People, people choose to take the less comp and go to medium-sized firms all the time saying, hey, look, this has a better promotional track and I'm going to take on more responsibilities. So people definitely have their own kind of risk-return profiles that, that make them not always take the higher cash number. Vault.com finance editor Derek Loosevelt mentioned some of the firms currently hiring MBA grads. Even in you know, areas such as investment banking, which have had highly publicized layoffs, you know, those firms still are taking folks from, you know, undergrad and, and MBA institutions, perhaps not in the same numbers they have in the past, but they are still hiring. You know, they did take people in the MBA class of 2009 for full-time positions lower than they had previous years, but still 
a significant amount of numbers. Product companies seem to be hiring decent monsters like General Mills, Kraft, Procter and Gamble, Intel, and then some you know companies like Exxon, ConocoPhillips, and Chevron. Those we heard from you know more top tier MBA schools that th- those companies were definitely still hiring. You know, and then in, in the financial institutions, definitely all the big ones were still hiring this year. So from J.P. Morgan to Goldman, Wells Fargo, those type of firms. Has the summer internship picture changed for MBA grads? Are summer interns still being paid? Derek Loosevelt. This year, definitely, they're, you know, they're still hired for, for interns, but and it was in fewer numbers than they did for last year. Companies are looking already, you know, towards next year. And that decision to hire summer interns will be made like at the end of, end of this year, and, and full-time hire you know, decisions is going to be made pretty soon. So if you're talking MBA level, um, yeah, you, you definitely you're definitely getting getting paid. It's usually similar on a prorated basis to what you'd be making when you get out of school if you are a full timer at that company. Even if firms are hiring fewer summer interns, so this year, for example, if you're a financial institution like Goldman Sachs or J.P. Morgan, uh, you may have hired the, the same amount or, or maybe even fewer summer interns. But depending on how the market goes, by the time you want to decide who's going to receive those full-time offers, and in that respect, you might even see a higher percentage of summer interns getting full-time offers in, in the year past because there were fewer of them hired. So I guess the short answer is yes, they're, they're definitely getting offers. We'll turn now to investment banking. I called up Payscale, a company which collects salary data from people through online pay comparison tools. According to Payscale's data, over the last two years, investment banking analyst salaries have dropped 1%, while bonuses have dropped over 60%. Investment banking associate salaries are down 11% over two years ago, Payscale said, and bonuses are down 64%. That brings investment banking associate median salaries down to $97,700 a year. Here's some current data from Dustang's clients on compensation in investment banking. Generally, you know, you're looking at a base salary of, let's say, $100,000 and a bonus, which would probably be 80 to 100% off that. And, you know, uh, the, the, the bonus is what's really come down from a couple of years ago. I think the base salary is more or less stayed consistent, uh, whereas before people were looking at bonuses of around 200% of base. Loosefelt laid out the kinds of salaries investment banking firms are offering. Salaries are ninety-five to a hundred thousand. These are, you know, first-year folks coming coming right out of MBA school, and it's about that. The same thing with bonuses. It's usually about ninety-five. It's kind of your salary plus bonus. Brian Korb, partner at Glowcap Search, said what's changed overall is the variance in compensation for the top performers versus the good and mid-level performers. Top performers, quite simply, can still get the high salaries and even bonuses, but bonuses are flat or shrinking for less than stellar job performances at a funder firm. If someone's a really outperformer, they want to still take care of that person, that, that they really want to protect against that person leaving. And banks usually give out buckets of bonuses, you know, tiers. Like there's the top 10% tier, then there's like maybe the next 25% and then the next 50% tier or something like that. And the top tier, they've been more protective of, and that supposedly has changed less. That middle tier and lower tier has, has cut anywhere, you know, I think, uh, you know, around 25 to 50%. And then what the banks are going, thinking more about 
is um, what to do with the bases, and that has to do with TARP restrictions and stuff on the fact that bonuses can't be as high going forward that some banks are raising bases comp. I also wanted to get the long view on compensation in investment banking and private equity for MBA grads. Business Week recently asked Payscale to dig into its database of 80,000 graduates of 45 top MBA programs and calculate their median cash compensation, salaries and bonuses, during the first five years of their careers and after. Business Week then used that data to calculate an estimate of median cash earnings over a 20-year span. Al Lee is Payscale's Director of Quantitative Analysis. He said even he was surprised by some of the compensation data. For the you know, highest-ranked schools that often do put a lot of people into the consulting and investment banking sector, we actually saw a drop in pay between one or two years out and then five years out in the median pay, which you think, wait, how can people's pay actually go down? But what's fascinating about our data set is we, of course, don't just track the people who report back to the school or anything like that. We look at everybody who comes to our site. And what we actually saw was this kind of change that, you know, a lot of people got very excited, go to, go to Wall Street, get that very, you know, high six-figure job, and then from there realize maybe the 80-hour work week isn't for them and five years out, you know, go on to a path that's maybe a little more rational <laughs> in terms of a work-life balance and actually take a pay cut. That was the most prestigious schools, the schools that tend to get recruited heavily by consulting and investment banking firms. I asked Lee to help me assess the current salary picture for MBA grads going into high-powered and typically highly paid positions. His conclusions squared with GlowCap searches results. Even in a large downturn with lots of layoffs, generally the pay, total cash compensation for the whole year for people who are employed actually doesn't really go down much. Now, some of the crazier aspects of, you know, huge starting bonuses and that kind of thing uh, might filter out. What's fascinating to me is that if you go in, look at the kind of total cash comp, once you get past the kind of starting bonus effect, for almost every job, the pay has not actually gone down. Now, what has happened is a tremendous number of people aren't getting those jobs. So the number of openings may be substantially lower. But of the people who actually take jobs and, and basically graduates for MBAs into these areas as well, they may not see the big, crazy starting bonus, but in terms of the basic pay, it may be off a couple of percent from last year, but you won't be seeing that suddenly the you know, kind of three or four year income stream will be down 20 or 30% in these areas. Lee said that even though there are fewer positions available, companies don't want to sell themselves short by scrimping on their offers. Companies, generally speaking, when retreating in the number of people they hire, uh, re- hiring fewer people, generally don't like the lower salaries because they don't want the cheap person. They want the best person they can get at a particular price. So they had a budget, you know, hire somebody for 100000 They're not going to say, well, heck, we can, there's so many out there. Let's only get somebody we can get for 70 because they'd rather have, if you're only going to have one person, you'd rather have the high-quality person. Uh, or if you're only going to re- recruit a class of new MBAs at a larger company and you're going to have 30% less than you had last year, well, you don't want to bet on, you know, taking the cheapest person you can get because they're probably not going to be the right answer for three, four, five years down the road as the economy bounces back. Generally speaking, things could fall completely apart. But if this goes in the course of kind of typical recessions and layoffs and cutbacks and so forth, a lot of jobs won't be available. But of the jobs that are available, they'll pay roughly what they paid in previous years. But the difference is the quality of the applicants that'll be getting those positions, they won't need to go down as far down the list to fill the positions. And so the top person always would have gotten the job. Now, now they'll be getting the same job, roughly the same pay minus the starting bonus. But the difference is there won't be the, quite as many people who will be able to get into that field. Lee said there is a connection between salary levels and which MBA program you graduate from, 
Though it's not necessarily that you are being compensated for the pedigree you bring, it's just that if you get your degree from a program with strong connections to Wall Street, you're more likely to get one of the now scarcer, higher-paid jobs. People from the you know, Wharton School, one or two years out of their MBA program, averaged in the days that we were looking at uh, 145,000 a year, which is clearly serious money, and that was driven largely by the fact that that's an example of the kind of pay that was happening last year and the year before. This data was collected through uh, mostly 2008, so the, the numbers hadn't really softened at all uh, relative to the previous experience. Wharton actually has a very strong connections to Wall Street. In fact, the top three programs that are by pay, starting pay, Pennsylvania, the Wharton School, Harvard, and Tuck School at Dartmouth, all have that kind of very strong connection. And the pay, the median pay of 135000 or more two years in is pretty reflective of the kind of salaries that people, for total cash compensation, base salary plus bonus plus any profit sharing and so forth, cash compensation, uh, we're getting at those schools. But Lee said despite the recession, people who don't go to those Wall Street-connected schools who manage to get into the field will be paid similarly to what they would have if they'd graduated a year or two earlier. There are hundreds of thousands of people who get MBAs from a vast variety of different schools. And typically when you start out, you have to learn and your value to the company is much smaller than you could, you know, that kind of numbers that get thrown around. And so what I would say is pretty much despite the concerns about what's happening in the economy, for anyone who's finishing an MBA program and is looking at their career for the next five years, there's sort of two things are going to happen. Either the economy is going to turn around or we're going to go into the Great Depression for decades. <laughs> and so if we don't have the latter, it doesn't really matter. The main effect they'll see is it'll be harder to get, you know, if they're, mar- if they're a marginal student or somebody who had been up on the bubble for getting hired into one of these uh, premier programs, they may find their path to a high-paying Wall Street career may have to pass through a regional bank or something like that. The number of positions available will be down. However, basically the pay is not, with the exception of perhaps starting bonuses, uh, the pay that people will see will be, I can pretty much state definitively, as long as the field exists, the pay will be comparable to what we've seen in the last year or two for starting positions, first year, fifth year, that kind of range. It will not be that people suddenly take a tremendous pay cut in these fields. Mareza Larizade, founder of Dustang, offered some perspective on the current job market in finance. The job pool has shrunk, but you know, obviously, if you're an MBA from a leading school and you put some effort into your job search, yeah, I still believe even in '09 you can find uh, maybe if it's not exactly what you're looking for, but but something similar to to what you're looking for. So, for example, if you want to work for a big private equity firm. You know, some of them may not be hiring or hiring less, but you can definitely put put yourself somewhere in in, in mid-market private equity. From what we've seen over the past few months, uh, things are definitely picking up a little bit. I mean, the good news is that, you know, these private equity firms have a lot of money sitting on the sidelines. I mean, it's it's, it's the most money they've had, you know, uh, in in, in history. Now, the question is whether their LPs will actually give them their money because a lot of the LPs are are hurting. But, you know, I I just think it's set tight. You know, if you already have a job, uh, it's great. Leverage will come back. It's not going to come back like it was two, three years ago, but there will be more leverage. You know, the credit markets will sort of ease, and there will be the opportunity to, to actually make private equity investments. And, and with that, then, you know, people will need more, more, more talent, and, and the hiring will pick up. Vault.com finance editor Derek Loosevelt. I would say in three years, it's going to be probably pretty similar to what happened before the layoffs. I would probably say, and not this year, I think this year, is. I don't think anyone's going to get too excited and start, even if the market 
comes back for it. They're going to be a little conserved. You know, if anything does hiccup in the market, no one's going to want to slash people again. I mean, I think it was just really brutal what these banks went through, and, and morale has been just killed at, at so many of these big firms and also product companies too and other industries. So I, I think it's people are going to be pretty conserved for the next year and even two years, but I think by you know by in three years we're asking three years if the market's still there then i think people are going to say okay let's let's just ramp up so that's a guess it could be who knows next year support for mba podcaster comes from kaplan test prep and admissions who wants to share some number crunching with you based on data available in the current u.s news and world report america's best graduate schools issue scoring 10 additional points on the gmat could be an additional five thousand dollars added on to your starting salary after you graduate the payoff for investing in a higher gmat score just got a lot more interesting and with kaplan's higher score guarantee you won't be able to find a safer bet for your money whether it's in class at home online or even on the road kaplan gives you the most personalized gmat prep with the unmatched expertise that will help you score higher on test day, guaranteed or your money back. And MBA podcaster listeners save 10% on every one of Kaplan's GMAT comprehensive options. Just use code MBAPOD10 at captest.com slash podcaster or when you call 1-800-CAP-TEST. For more information, a transcript of this show, or to register for your bi-weekly MBA podcast, Visit mbapodcaster.com. Look for us on Twitter and Facebook to get the latest news and insight in the world of business school. Thanks to MBA Podcasters Janet Nakano for help with this story. This is MBA Podcaster. I'm Catherine Girardeau. Thanks for listening, and be sure to tune in next time when we explore another topic of interest in your quest for an MBA.